What up, what up, what up, ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's very own Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This episode here, 324. 324 it's a lot of episodes man a lot of episodes up in this motherfucker man but i want to thank everybody man for their continued support keep it going keep it flowing and uh this episode here we're gonna dive into a couple of things we're gonna dive into yeah man shit your boy is yarded man your boy bit your boy tired man but guess what man i gotta put that content out you know, so crazy, just to piggyback off this a little bit. I was having a conversation with a couple of new podcasters out there. And they was asking me about how do I go about editing, you know, editing, you know, my episodes. And I told them I don't edit nothing. I don't edit shit. What you hear is done in real time. You understand what I'm saying? And for those of y'all that have been very, very supportive of the podcast, which I appreciate to the highest degree, I'm quite sure y'all have heard episodes where I've yawned while I was recording. For me, I felt that I needed to keep, I needed to keep that in the episode. So then that way y'all see exactly how serious I am about this and how passionate I am about it. Like, yo, this nigga yawning while recording. Look how much time and energy he putting into this shit. Like, see, for me, it's raw and uncut. You know what I mean? It's no filter. So for me, what you see is what you get. You're going to be going to do it in real time. Ain't going to be no editing. If you hear me yawn, so be it. That right there tells you that, you know, that that time and energy, you know what I'm saying, I'm putting in to putting in this episode, you know what I'm saying, I'm putting in that pain to put in, you know, to put this episode together for everybody, so that's why I don't never edit, and never will, you know what I'm saying, but there you have it, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be everywhere with this episode, like I'm going to dive into some LeBron James, well, I mean, it's it's LeBron James talk, but it's more so about his son, Bronny. Um, LeBron James had some strong opinions because, uh, you know, the mock draft or whatnot came out for 2024. And I guess Bronny, you know, took a big hit in the mock draft and LeBron, you know, has felt the way about it. So I'm basically, you know, I'm listen, I, I'm just going to give my opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? For those of y'all that don't know, ESPN, every single year, every single year, they put out a mock draft, right? And what they do is, they mock some of the biggest college players at the particular time. And usually, 
you know, usually what happens is the mock draft will basically institute who they think is ready for the NBA. They'll basically be on some, okay, I think this person is going to be first. I think this person is going to be second. And then depending on whichever team gets that, you know, pick or whatnot, that's the way they'll construct it. In this situation, we don't know which teams are going to get the top picks, but we do know the top players in college basketball. Now, when the 2024 mock draft was first discussed, Bronny's name was a part of the conversation. His name was a part of the conversation, but currently constructed right now, his name is not on there. His name is currently not constructed on the mock draft. And LeBron basically, you know, took offense to that because, I mean, if you look at Bronny's stats this season, it's nothing eye-opening. It's not. Like, it's nothing eye-opening. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, and this is just my opinion, and I actually said this on a podcast a few weeks ago. Shout out to my man Darnell of the Playmakers blog. I actually said that I think, in my honest opinion, I think Bronny should have sat out this year. I don't even think he should have played. Like, I honestly think he should have redshirted this year because after what happened to him, you know, over the summer with him, you know, almost losing his life and, you know, the whole cardiac arrest thing, I felt me personally with a situation like that and how severe and how serious it was, I felt that he shouldn't play this year. I actually felt that he should have redshirted, take a full year off and then come back next year. Now, if you look at his stats this year, he's averaging five a game, just five points. He's averaging two, almost, basically almost three rebounds a game and a little over two assists a game, right? He's shooting 37% from the field. Nothing eye-opening. He's probably averaging almost 20 minutes in this season. He done, he done played 20 games, right? So with that, his numbers are not eye-opening, but his stock has fallen. And, you know, LeBron basically was on some, oh, can y'all please let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works, earned, not given. And to all the other kids out there striving to be great, just keep your head down, blinders on, and keep grinding. That's what LeBron said. But see, here's the thing. And I appreciate him saying this. But the pressure that is mounted on your son, this is your fault. This is your fault. Now, see, my thing is this. And listen, uh, LeBron has been taking the blame for a lot of shit in recent weeks. How the All-Star game was constructed, how, how, it was how it turned out. 
he was to blame for that. And I was and, and I was one of the first people to blame him for it. Because I felt you being the elder statesman of the All-Star game, you also being the captain of that All-Star game, there was no reason for why you allowed your team to go out there and make a mockery of the All-Star game. You had people blaming LeBron for the, the, the slam dunk contest being a failure right now and no stars wanting to participate in it. You had people out there, a la Stephen A. Smith, blaming LeBron for that. Me, I'm on the fence with that one as far as I'm as if I'm going to put the whole onus on LeBron James for that one. But as it pertains to Bronny James and him getting the flack that he's getting, oh, this is 100% on LeBron James. Because I can remember, I can remember before Bronny even got to USC, I remember when LeBron was saying that LeBron that Bronny can play in the NBA right now. He didn't even step on the UFC. He didn't even step on the USC campus yet. And his father was already putting that pressure on him, saying that how O'Brani can play in the NBA right now. So once you said that, you already put pressure on your son. Unwarranted pressure. You know what I'm saying? Now, I listen, I completely understand you riding for your child. You supporting your son. I get that. But I, I, I get that. I totally get it. But the work and the results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. Well, it's a lot of talk out there right now about what LeBron is going to do next season. And he's been very vocal about wanting to play with Bronny. There have been rumors that there are some teams out there looking to draft Bronny just so LeBron can play for that respective team. That's not Irk. That's actually given. Because if you, again, if you look at his numbers in college, that ain't something that will be basically earned. That's something that'll be given. With his numbers, and for him to make the NBA and a team draft him just so they could get LeBron James, that's given. That's not earned. Because I'm going to keep it all the way funky. Bronny is not ready for the NBA right now. He's just not. He's not. I've watched some of his games. Because, again, USC plays late night. They're on the West Coast. They play late night. So some of these games that I've watched, I've had the luxury of coming home from work, and I've been able to watch them. He's not NBA ready yet. He's just not. Now, financially, he may be, because that's who his, because that's who his father, because that's on the cuffs of who his father is. But if you look at his game, he's not NBA ready yet. He's not. And then again, as I just said earlier, after the whole incident with the cardiac arrest, that's more of a reason on why he's not NBA ready. I honestly believe that he should, I, I honestly believe that he should have sat out this year, red-shirted, 
came back next year and did his work. Because I honestly think he needs another year in college. I think he needs another year in college. So if this gets to Bronny, which I doubt it will, but in my honest opinion, I believe Bronny should wait. Do not declare for the NBA draft right now. You are far from ready. You are far from ready. And I truly believe that he should wait to next season. I honestly think that he should wait till next season. Come back for his sophomore year, then declare for the NBA draft because right now he's not ready. That's my honest opinion. But yeah, LeBron is definitely to blame for this. Because if you could have, like, you could have easily just said, I forgot exactly how, how, the whole, how the whole thing about Bronny could play in the league now. Again, I'm all for you being there for your son. I'm all there, I'm all there with you putting your son on the pedestal. But what you've also done is made your son a target. Because let's do the hypothetical. Let's say he does come to the NBA next season. Oh, he's definitely going to be a target. Because all of those, because all that talk that you said, best believe there's some NBA players that's going to have an axe to grind with that. You think they're going to cut him some slack because he's your son? Oh, no. They're going to put more. Oh, no. They're going to want to they're going to want to torment him even more just off the strength that he's your son. Oh, word? You think he could play in the league now? All right, let's show him. Because I remember LeVar Ball. Now, LeBron ain't go as far as LeVar did with Lonzo. You know, Le, you know LeBron is not saying that how, oh, Bronny is better than this person or better than this person. LeBron just said that he thinks his son could play in the league now. You know what I'm saying? What LeVar did with Lonzo was said that, oh, he's better than this player. He's better than this player. And I remember his first regular season game. I believe it was against the Clippers. And Pat Bev was guarding him 90 feet from the, from the court. 90 feet. He was full court pressing him, making him uncomfortable, rattling him, all that shit. Because guess what? LaVar put that pressure on him. If you'd have just kept your mouth shut and let your son just play his, just let him play his game, he wouldn't have had that problem. And, Le, and LeBron, he shouldn't have said that. Now, again, I get you vouching for your son. But all that, oh, Bronny could play in the, Bronny could play in the league now. No, he can't. No, he can't. He can't play in the league now. No, he can't. But once you said that, you made him a target. So I truly hope he don't come to the league next year. I honestly believe that he should go back to college for one more year and then see what happens after that because he's not NBA ready. He's, he's not NBA ready right now. He's just not. Next on the agenda, I definitely got to talk about this no bull tour. The, the No Bull Tour is Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley. They are currently on an overseas No Bull Tour where they're basically giving their side of the story 
to the Last Dance documentary. Now, for all of y'all that don't remember, we was fortunate and blessed with the Last Dance documentary in the pandemic. I remember we were supposed to get it in the summer of 2020. But with the pandemic and with all the games being stopped, ESPN said, you know what? We're going to push this date up. We're going to put the shit. We're going to put the shit around for April. And for all of us that watched, we all got to witness one of the greatest documentaries in sports history. Probably the, the greatest documentary in ESPN history. And it's fitting that it's the greatest documentary in ESPN history because it also revolves around the greatest player that the NBA has ever seen, and that would be Michael Jordan. But then that documentary, it was a 10-part series, and it revolved around the 98 Bulls team. But if you really paid attention to the documentary, it also took you back to the early days of the Bulls. Not just when they were winning, but, you know, when they was going through their growing pains. Now, Jordan had some crucial things in the documentary to say about Scottie Pippen as it pertains to certain injuries and contract, like contract issues and stuff like that. He has some things to say about Horace Grant as well. I don't think he said anything bad about Luke Longley, honestly. So my whole thing is, what is the point of doing this no bull tour? And quite frankly, I'm about tired and and th this has Scottie Pippen written all over it. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm at the point right now where I am losing so much respect for Scottie Pippen. So much. Because every chance he gets, he's got something negative to say about Michael Jordan. Now, the crazy thing is this. Every interview Michael Jordan has done, when he talked about winning championships and doing this and that for the Chicago Bulls. He's never said nothing negative about Scottie Pippen. Aside from that shit that you saw in the Last Dance documentary, he's never said nothing negative about Scottie Pippen. He's always big Scottie Pippen up. He's never caught them a selfish player. Well, he caught them selfish for, you know, the whole, how he handled the contract issue and the injury issue. But other than that, He's never called him a selfish teammate. He's never called him lazy. He's never called him none of those things. He's always bigged up Scottie Pippen. If you ask Jordan right now to give his starting lineup, if he was to go on the blacktop and he need four players to play alongside him, the first name he's going to mention is Scottie Pippen. He's not going to wait to the last name. He's got the first name. If you said Michael Joy, give me your four players right now that you're going on the blacktop with. Who they going to be? I guarantee you the first person he say is Scottie Pippen. Why? Because of their history together. They've won six championships together. They've been through the trenches. They've won. They've been in battles. They've been in wars together. So you're going to go along with the guys that helped you get to where you are. He's always bigged up Scottie Pippen. But for some reason or another, every chance Scottie Pippen gets, ever since that documentary came out, he's got something bad to say about Jordan. And quite frankly, it's pathetic at this point. Very much pathetic. Because 
for me, what it's done is your hatred for Jordan. Your jealousy of Jordan. Because that's quite what it is. It's also jealousy, right? It's tainting your legacy to a degree. And pulling some shit like this just makes it even worse. Because, again, no bull tour. For me, that's complete bullshit. Now, Horace Grant, I don't know why you were part of this. I have no idea. Now, there was an issue. There was something that went down in the Last Dance documentary where I think Jordan basically sunned Horace Grant and took his food from him or some shit like that because he played poorly or whatever. Me, personally, I don't even know why Horace Grant is a part of this. And see, this is the crazy shit with me. And I've, and I've actually seen footage of this documentary. How you gonna talk down on a man and you wear the man's shoes? You know what I'm saying? You sitting on this podium, you sitting on this stage, in your chair, and you wearing the man's shoes, but yet you talking, but yet you talking down on him. Come on, man. At this point, all this shit is clout chasing. And Luke Longley, you of all people, come on now. Will we, will we even know who Luke Longley is had he not been on that Bulls team? Now, me personally, I me personally, I think Luke Longley is just riding the wave of this because if you've been paying attention to this tour, it's an overseas tour. None of this shit is going down to the States. All of this stuff is going on overseas. And their first stop, I believe, was Australia, which is where Luke Longley is from. Hence to maybe why he's a part of this documentary. But see, my whole, um, this tour, but see, my whole thing is this. If y'all had an issue with what Jordan said in the documentary... Y'all had an opportunity. Y'all had an opportunity to say this shit when the documentary first came out. Because listen, if memory serves me correct, y'all were in the documentary. A bunch of players was in that. A, a bunch of former players was in that documentary. Judd Butchler was in there. B.J. Armstrong was in there. Bill Weddington was there. I believe Luke Longley was in the documentary as well. Y'all didn't say this shit then. So now, all of a sudden, y'all want to say something. Me, personally, this got Scottie Pippen written all over it, in my honest opinion. I honestly think that Horace Grant and Luke Longley is just a part of this, just for the fuck of it. But this got Scottie Pippen written all over it. His hatred for Jordan, his jealousy for Jordan has reached its core now. And right now, what it's done is, is it's damaged his legacy in my eyes. It's damaged his legacy. Because we're talking more about your hatred and jealousy for Jordan than your actual game. We all know how great he was. But we don't even talk about that no more. When we talk about Scottie Pippen, this is what we talk about. This is what we talk about. And that's on him. And maybe it also got a little something to do with his ex-wife getting piped down by Jordan's son. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that got a little something to do with this as well. But enough is enough now, man. 
The hatred for Jordan, the jealousy for Jordan is ridiculous now. You're never, you, you are never going to be Jordan. Never. You are never going to be Jordan. You had your chance to be Jordan when he retired. You had your chance to be him. And what happened? You fumbled. Simple and plain. You fumbled. You bitched when you didn't get your way. You came out of games when plays weren't called for you. You did this shit when Jordan wasn't there. It's very well documented. Very well documented. So you was never going to be Jordan. Never. Jordan is the greatest player to ever play this game. He's the greatest at his position. You're not even top five in your, I mean, in his position. Jordan is the GOAT of the NBA. He's the GOAT of shooting guards. Pippen, you're not even top five in your position. And you're a small forward. You're not even top five. Now, your championships, it, it helps put you on that pedestal. But you're not a top five small forward of all time. No. No. But that's just my opinion on that shit, man. I just think it's complete bullshit. That whole no bull tour is complete bullshit in my eyes. And Pippen need to stop his hating. And Horace Grant, if you're going to talk down on Jordan, at least put on some LeBrons or something instead of when you, you, wear his you wear his retro sneakers, but yet you talking down on the man. That gives me more of a reason to think that this shit ain't nothing, ain't nothing but clout chasing. And Luke Longley, just stop it. Just stop it. But uh, in more serious news, this college basketball season has been amazing, right? I'll be the first to admit it. I'm Listen, I'm more in tune with the women's side of college basketball than the guys. I have said this on my platform and I have said this on other people's platforms. I believe that women's college basketball right now is the headliners of college basketball. It's more stars. It's more notable faces in women's college basketball right now than it is the men. And just off of eye test and just watching the game, for the past two to three years, the women have been must-see TV in college basketball. And this year is no different. Now, there have been something that has gone on on both sides, men's and women's college basketball. We've seen almost two serious collisions as it pertains to fans doing their traditional charging the court when a team wins. So now the question is, because Caitlin Clark had an incident early this season against Ohio State. I believe they were the number two team at the time, and they were upset by Ohio State, where the fans charged the court, and Caitlin Clark, I guess, tangled with a fan. You had some people out there saying that she flopped, this, that, the third, yada, yada, yada. 
This past last weekend, Duke player Kyle Flipowski, hopefully I said his last name right, had the same fate. Uh, Duke lost to Wake Forest, a game that I said they should not take for granted, which obviously they took for granted. They lost, and Wake Forest did what teams usually do in that situation when they score a big victory over a, a big team. They charged the court, and he sustained a leg injury. Luckily, it wasn't nothing serious because he wound up playing the next game, which was a few nights ago. But now the question is, should the NCAA ban fans from charging the court? See, when I was younger, and again, I've been watching college basketball since I was younger. I'll be 39, knocking on wood, in November. I've been watching college basketball since I was five years old. That's how far my memory goes. I remember when teams would lose, superior teams, we're talking with superior teams would lose. And they would lose to a team that they had no business losing to. And once the game was over, the fans would charge that court. And it was never, it was, players never got hurt. Never got hurt. We fast forward to now where we've had, this season alone, where we've had two marquee names in college basketball Seriously, almost seriously get hurt because of this. Now, I'm not going to throw the race card in here because obviously these are two white players. I honestly think if it was two black players that got hurt, I'll be saying the same shit because quite frankly, I am tired of the fans charging the court. I think it's played out now. I honestly think that it's played out. I think it's played out in basketball. I think it's played out in, in in college football as well. So I honestly think that, listen, you came to the game. You came to support your school. You came to support your program. When the game is over, you can do just like the fans do at the pros. You can get excited. You can jump for joy. You can do all that shit in the stands. All that running on the court now, that shit is played out now. Like certain traditions need to be broken. And I get that this has been going on for quite some time, but I think they need to do with this shit, honestly. I'm about tired of the whole low-tier team beating the top-tier team and then, oh, it's time to charge the court. Come on, it's, it's, it's played out now. Like, 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 it's over and done with. The shit is whack now. The lust that it had before is played out. Because it's gotten to the point now where, again, I said when low-tier teams, when the bottom-feeder teams would be the top-tier team, the fans would charge the court. Now, you got a mid-tier team beating the top-tier team and vice versa, and you charging the court. The lust, the mystique that it once had is gone now. Because now everybody is doing it. It's played out now at this point. So I really don't want to see it anymore. I really don't want to see it anymore. So I hope the NCAA institute this rule 
to where they ban that shit and not just college basketball, but ban that shit in college football too. I don't want to see it there either. In my honest opinion, I don't want to see it there anymore either. Now, this this topic wasn't going to even be a part of my episode, but I'm going listen. I'm going to shout my man out because. He was the one that came up with this. He was the one that came up with the scenario. It wasn't me. It was him. My man O'Shea from Nap Town. You know what I'm saying? Nation of Podcation. Get in tune with my man. Go check him out. Nation of Podcation. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. All that good shit. You know, we DM each other every day. You know, you know, we. We send each other reels and then we'll speak on them and shit like that. He he said something very interesting a few days ago. He texted me at 11.08. This is around the time I'm, pro- I'm probably getting ready for work. He said, here's an opinion you ain't heard. Ty Lu is the new Doc Rivers. Now, when he said it, my eyes lit up. Like, whoa, Ty Lue, the next Doc Rivers. Like, whoa, whoa, where'd you get that from? This is what I'm saying to myself. Not knowing that he sent the extra message right after it. One chip. Two finals appearances. Doc has nothing since 08. Ty has nothing since 2016. Both were backup point guards at best. Now, absolutely, they're both backup point guards at best. I'm not I'm not here to talk about their playing. I'm here to talk about their coaching. Now, when he said that, I was like, yo, brother got a, brother made a very valid point. He made a now, me personally, I never really looked at it like that. Because honestly, like when you think of like the top tier coaches in the NBA right now. Doc Rivers' name constantly constantly gets brought up, which I don't understand why. Ty Lue's name gets thrown around. Eric Sposha's names get Eric Sposha's name gets thrown around. Coach Pop, he gonna always be the GOAT to me. Now, obviously he's going through some growing pains right now with San Antonio. Now, he's a great coach. But currently, right now, he's not a top coach in the NBA because his team's not winning. This is a what have you done for me lately business. Now, again, Ty Lue's name would always get mentioned in those great coach conversations. But my man O'Shea got a point. My man O'Shea has a very valid point. Ty Lue won one championship with Cleveland in 2016. And then you fast forward from 2017 to now, and he has not accomplished a damn thing in the NBA. I don't even think... I think he's... Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think he's touched the NBA finals with Cleveland after 2016 because of the whole... 
Warriors and Cavs thing. I think he was the coach on the team at that time. But even after those times in Cleveland, he's now with the Clippers. He ain't done shit. It's been playoff exit after playoff exit. It's been first round exit after first round exit. It's been second round exit after second round exit. Ever since he's been in Cleveland, he ain't touched the conference finals. Now, see, the crazy thing is this. We already know the history with Doc Rivers. We know he ain't won since 2008. We know about the multiple, multiple chokes in the playoffs when he's had a 3-1 lead in the playoffs or a 3-2 lead in the playoffs. I think he, I think he, I think he done had about a good three or four of them. That's on his resume. Ty Lue don't have that on his resume. So in some degree, I kind of agree with my brother O'Shea. I kind of agree. I don't, I'm not going to, oh, I'm, I'm not going to 100% agree, but he do has somewhat of a point. But I will tell you this though. Ty Lue better get it together this year. Because with the Clippers having the season that they're having right now, this might be his best chance to do some shit in the postseason. The Clippers right now are one of the top teams in the NBA. I think right now, if you look at the NBA standings right now, I think if you look at the NBA standings right now in the Western Conference, the Clippers are a four seed. If the playoffs started today, they got Phoenix. Do I think they could beat this Phoenix team healthy? Absolutely, I think they can. If Paul George is healthy, if Kawhi is healthy, Westbrook has done his thing this season, if Zubak is healthy, I think they can beat the Phoenix Suns. I truly do. But see... This is where the onus on Ty Lue comes into play. Because everybody has crowned you this great coach. For me, the word great gets thrown around too freely. You got good coaches, you got decent coaches, and then you got great coaches. I can't put you in that great category when you only won one ring. Especially when you've won it Far back in the day, and then we fast forward to now, and you ain't one shit. See, Pop is a great coach because of what is his because of what history tells us. My man got five rings, so he 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 a, he a goat. He great. Now he hasn't won recently, but that still makes him great. Still makes him great. Ty Lue only got one of them things, and what else can he say he's got with that? So I will say this though. If Talu wants to take himself away from that Doc Rivers pattern, he got to win it this year. You got to win it this year. You just changed your team logo. You got a new logo. You're getting ready to move into your new stadium. You're getting ready to move into your new arena next year. You better win the championship this year. Or guess what? Ty Lue might equal Doc Rivers right now. Because I already said Doc Rivers is overrated. 
I've been saying that for years. If Ty Lue don't win the championship this year, I think it might be time for us to start calling him overrated as well. I got to be fair. I got to be fair. So, I want to say I'm about, I'm split on this with my brother O'Shea. I'm split on this. I'm 50-50. I'm on the fence with this as far as him being compared to Doc Rivers. I'm on the fence with this. I'm on the fence. And the only reason why I'm on the fence is because Ty Lue hasn't had any chokes in the postseason. Doc Rivers has had multiple. So that's why I'm kind of on the fence. But I do see where he's coming from, though. Y'all niggas is living off these one championships. And that's what y'all doing. Both of them. Y'all living off these one championships and ain't done shit afterwards. So I kind of agree with him. So again, I'm 50-50 on this. I'm 50-50 on this. But Ty Lue, you better get it together. You better get it together. It's no excuse this year. Especially if your team is healthy. If playoffs start and your stars are healthy, there better be there's no excuse as to why y'all can't get to the NBA Finals. There's no excuse. Zero whatsoever. Now, to close out the episode, there's a reason I made this last. Because for me, I was always told you save the best for last. Like, I'm a big wrestling fan. The main events are always last. You know what I'm saying? Now, the main event might not be the best match, but the big marquee is last. I've gone to a lot of concerts. The marquee name is always the headliner. Always the headliner, right? This sec, this part right here, I saved the best for last. My dream and my prayers have been answered. CC, Caitlin Clark, has announced that she is going to the WNBA draft. When I seen that, that made me smile. That put the only smile on my face. Because see, me, I honestly had no idea what she was going to do. I had no idea what she was going to do. But I also said to myself, I was leaning towards her going to the WNBA because, and I've said this, at this point, there is nothing left for her to prove in college. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. I don't give a fuck what Jay Williams say. She's already great in college basketball. When you think of the greats in college basketball, she's up there. She already holds the record for points in a career in women's college basketball history. She's 18 points away from breaking Pistol Pete's record. You can make a case that she about to do that this weekend. They play Ohio State. And I believe she's at home for that game. The ticket prices for that game is $400 plus. 
$400 plus for a ticket to go see Caitlin Clark break this record. That's crazy. That's insane. This, this young woman is a star. She is a super star. She is box office. She is all of those things. So with her going to the WNBA draft, this is huge for the WNBA. This is huge because we are looking towards the future. The future is already in great hands already. It's already in great hands. It's just gotten even more greater hands now that Caitlin Clark has announced that she's going to the WNBA draft because we already know where she's going. We already know where she's going. She's going to Indiana. She's going to that town. She's joining Aaliyah Boston. There is no denying that. She will be the number one draft pick, and Indiana already has the number one pick. So we are about to get that tandem, which is crazy because I think last year some shit, they did like an interview together, like some Big Ten coverage, right? And uh, they were, you know, backstage doing the interview. And Aaliyah Boston mentioned to her, she was like, you know, next year, you know, if you're looking to be the number one pick in next year's draft, you know, who knows? We could be teammates and yada, yada, yada. And now it's come to fruition. They are going to reign terror next year in the WNBA. Now, do I think they will win? That, I'm not sure. But guess what? Them tickets, them ticket prices for those Indiana games, whatever they was before she decided that she was going, they just skyrocketed now. They just skyrocketed now. You could believe that shit. I'm very happy. I'm very proud that she's going to the WNBA. Because it's time. It's time. I've said this on multiple occasions. She is WNBA ready now. She was WNBA ready last year. She was WNBA bound last year. She could have went last year. So I'm glad that she's made this decision. The future is looking very bright for the WNBA. Because I'm going to tell you this. I can't, listen, listen. I might have to check ticket prices for me when the Liberty play the Fever. Because, listen, whatever those ticket prices was before, they're about to go up even more now. Because she already announced that she's going. We know who, what team she's going to. This is not a situation where it's like, oh, okay, she declared that she's going, but we have no idea where she's going. Oh, we know where she's going. She's going to Indiana which ain't that far from Iowa for that matter. So, listen, the future is going to be bright for the WNBA, man. The future, is, the, the future is definitely bright. And I think the WNBA, they needed her they, they, need, they needed her to come out of this draft. The WNBA, they took a blow when Paige announced that she was going to come back for a fifth year at UConn. They, they took a hit with that. Because, you know, the whole mock draft thing, they had Paige, I believe, at a top three pick for the draft. But once she announced that she was going back to UConn for a fifth year, now it's like, okay, 
We definitely need Caitlyn to come back now. We, we, we definitely need Caitlyn to come out. And she announced it on Instagram that she will be entering. Because again, like again, there's there's nothing left for her to prove. The competition is weak in college basketball for her. She's head over heels with everybody else individually. She's a triple double machine. She can shoot the three out the ass. Now, obviously, the one thing she lacks is defense, but she'll learn that along the line. But she can score, obviously. She can rebound. She can assist. And like I said just recently, she's box office. She's a superstar. Man, listen, when I tell you that those ticket prices are going to go berserk for every team that they go against, whatever ticket prices they were before, they're going to skyrocket even now, now that she's announced that she's going to the WNBA draft. And I can't wait. I'm, ex I'm excited to see what she does in the Indiana Fever uniform. I'm excited to see what that transition is going to be like from college to the pros. I'm excited. I'm very much excited. And now that she's pairing with Aaliyah Boston, yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I am so excited for this W. I was already excited for the WNBA season. I was already excited. But now it's cranked up even more of a notch now that Caitlin Clark has announced that she's going to the WNBA draft. So, yes, I saved this segment for last. The main event. You can hear it in my voice. You can hear it in my voice. I'm so ecstatic with this decision. So ecstatic. And I can't wait to see how she does. I can't wait. I truly can't wait. But with that being said, it's a wrap for this episode. It's time for your boy to go. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh, can find me on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, Podbean. Y'all can also find me on Facebook, Dre Day. Y'all can find me on Instagram, Dre Day1985, or Sports with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in the bio. And you can find me on X, Drady1985. So, once again, thank y'all for y'all continued, continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Uh, in closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. Once again, thank y'all for y'all support. Y'all stay safe out there. Y'all be safe out there. God bless. Peace and love. Episode 324 is done. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace.